G'day community and welcome to Tradio. This is episode number eight, believe it or not. There is a lot to talk about today because lots of deals have gone down between this episode and the episode before it. Joining me is Patch to discuss it all. How are you doing, Patch? I'm I'm all right. I'm very excited, Damo. There's no time for introductions, no time for being nice because we have a future fourth bell to ring and we have so many trades to ring it about. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I've been in heaven. Pump the brakes just a little bit because we do need to plug our sponsor. Yes, I know. I know. We don't have the big old read um, like Dog had to pull out at the last minute, um, but Manscaped, have been helping us out. They've been real good. Um, they have real good stuff. Um, go to manscaped.com. Use code JOCK. You get 20% off. It's wonderful. Um, you get the the thing, that, like the, the, the hair trimmer, the, the ball trimmer, the, the ball deodorant, the boxes, the whole kit and caboodle. It's wonderful. Go check it out. Code JOCK. 20% off. Free shipping as well from memory. Yes. All right. Trade time. Trade time demo. Let's, I, I'm, I'm so excited. Uh, so let's start with the mega trade. Mega, mega trade. The mega trade. So let's get let's get the the unimportant one out of the way because they called it a mega trade and it doesn't have a future fourth in it. And honestly, how mega can it be without a future fourth? It's not big enough if it doesn't have a future fourth. Not big enough. Anyway, talk us through the details. Let's just let's get okay. straight into it. No betting around the bush here. So North Melbourne have traded out Jason Horn Francis. Oof. Pick number one. Oofed. A future third round selection, but it's tied to Fremantle. And they have traded in picks number two, three, 40, 43, and a future first round pick tied to Port Adelaide. Mm-hmm. Port Adelaide have traded out picks number eight, 43, 53, and 57. 2023 first round pick a 2023 second round pick and a 2023 third round pick. And they have traded in Jason Horn Francis, Junior Rioli, a future second tied to Collingwood, a future third tied to Fremantle. West Coast have traded out Junior Rioli and picks two and 40. And they have traded in picks number 12, Eight, a future second round pick tied to Port Adelaide and a future third round pick tied to Port Adelaide and Greater Western Sydney have traded out picks number three, 12, a future second round pick tied to Collingwood and have traded in picks number one, 53 and 57. A lot to digest. Yep, and I hate pretty much all of it. It's just, I I hate it. I hate the whole aspect of this mega trade. Not just that there's no future fourth in there. I don't know how you can have a trade deal that has thirty plus trade picks in it, uh, draft picks in it, and no future fourth. But also, I just it just I don't think anyone gets what they really want or need out of it. I think like West Coast have done reasonably well. They've bought in two first round picks and a second round pick for. Uh, you know, pick two and Junior Rioli, which is quite fine, but I I don't love the rest of it for anyone else. It feels like Greater Western Sydney probably came out on top by getting the number one pick because it means they get to get the player that they want in the draft and everyone believes that to be 
Aaron Cadman, who is going to be a great key forward. I uh, yeah yeah. I mean, look, they they've obviously you know they they wanted the number one pick. They got the number one pick. I'm sure they're they're happy from you know looking at it. They're giving up pick three, pick twelve, and you know the 2023 second rounder in a really really good draft. Um, which you know next year is is supposed to be as let keep saying second rounders are so undervalued and I yeah I just think they've they've paid too much to get a shot at Aaron Cadman and then you know pick fifty three and then they're not going to use fifty seven like they 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 might not even use fifty three and fifty seven like I just I don't know I'm just so surprised that that that's how much they're willing to pay but I guess that's how much they rate Cadman um, from a North Melbourne perspective you know they finished on the bottom of the ladder two years in a row. And will enter that third year of that stretch without a number one draft pick on their list, which is demoralizing. I mean, the fact that they've, they've bought in two and three, they'll get two really good players there. But, you know, as a particularly, you know, the future first is also very nice. But, you know, as a particularly has been talking about wanting to get in mature players and improving the culture and improving the on field performance, and that won't happen with what they've bought in here. Um, you know, I think there's, I don't know, maybe they've, maybe they've got, you know, as much value out of it as, as they possibly could. Um, but I don't know if it's what exactly what they need. I don't know. It just feels weird. It just feels weird all around. And Port Adelaide have brought in the two players they wanted and traded out pretty much every draft pick imaginable, um, which, I mean, fine. I guess they've, they've brought in a second rounder for next year. But, yeah, I don't know. How, how do you feel about the whole thing and the way it shapes up? I'm going to answer that with a question. Mm-hmm. Is them trading in Jason Horn Francis effectively them trading in a first round selection? Because he is only 19. Yeah, there's, absolutely. I, I think that's still... why the AFL would have ticked off on it because the AFL needed to get involved to give approval to Port Adelaide trading away not only their, their first round pick next year, but normally the rule is if you trade that, that future first, you have to hold on to the rest of your picks and yeah. vice versa if you trade your your second, your third, you can't get rid of the first. So I think that's the way they would have argued it to the AFL. It's probably correct. And, and he's still got a 10, 12-year career ahead of him. And, he, and 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 his first season with North Melbourne wasn't spectacular, but there was enough shown on display in the games that he played for North Melbourne that he is going to be a good player once he puts everything together. And that's what you get with all draftees they're not going to have everything all at once unless your name is Nick Dacos but I think him being in Adelaide playing for Port Adelaide the club that is linked to the family it's going to be it's just a move that makes sense for Port Adelaide and it effectively gives them a second bite at last year's draft but also gives them effectively a first round selection this this year yeah, I, I know I've I've said that I hated it straight from the outset and I've now talked myself around to, to potentially liking it a bit more. And, you know, if Horn Francis is happy, he strikes me as a sort of player that if he's happy, he's going to be playing good football. If he's unhappy, he will not be putting it all together and be getting frustrated and getting suspended. And, you know, some of the things we saw at North where he, you know, didn't quite look like he'd bought in at all times, you know, didn't you know there are a few off-field things, um, you know, if he's if he's happy and in a good environment, maybe he cleans all of that up. Um, and also, you know, he signed. Was it a six year deal with with Port as well? Um, it was a six year extension. Yeah, yeah. Which you know, obviously, 
helps quite a bit and is why he uh, he would have preferred, you know, why he nominated Port Adelaide as opposed to just a South Australian club because it looks like the Crows weren't coming to the table with that money. And as a 19-year-old, like it's – I cannot stress enough how important it is to remember that this kid is 19 and you don't want to throw the world at him. But, you know, he's setting himself up for the rest of his life basically. Like, you know, you can't you can't really fault him for, for wanting to try and take that punt. But by the same token, North Melbourne fans would be – livid and i know speaking to azza who's a north melbourne man he he doesn't quite understand why north melbourne entered into this mega trade but he's also willing to see where it all ends up at the end of the day at the end of the draft see what they've brought in and just take stock of everything that's happened but at the moment he doesn't feel it makes a lot of sense for North Melbourne and their list. And I understand where he's coming from because obviously they've missed out on Logan McDonald. They didn't draft or didn't, did they didn't take a punt at Riley Tilthorpe effectively going to miss out on Aaron Cadman now. And they do need someone to partner up with Nick Larkey up forward. And now that player potentially isn't coming through the door. So I can see his frustration. And I mean, having picks two and three isn't a bad it still isn't a bad hand and they're still going to get two very good players, but we might see more of a needs-based selection at these two selections rather rather than the best available. But Well, it's, it's also it's interesting because they'll be the two best players, but if they're taking the best players at that spot, they'll be two midfielders. And North Melbourne has a really decent developing engine room and you know, obviously, obviously Horn Francis leaving opens up you know, another slot in there for a, if it's Wardlaw or, or Tsardis or... You know, Sheasel or whoever they take. Um, I, I yeah, I think it's an interesting ploy to, you know, again overlook a key forward and mate, they, you God, you'd be hoping they had a plan if you're a North Melbourne supporter. If they're, you know, if Charlie Combany is going to be their lord and saviour, or if they've got, you know, Jacob Edwards who reckon, you know, they reckon will be gang going gangbusters. I I don't know what their play is, but it's I don't know. It's interesting. Let's move on from the mega trade. We've talked enough about that. We will start from the most recent trade and move backwards from there. So Richmond has got their man in Jacob Hopper. I was about to say, before we do, worth pointing out that uh, the AFL for the final day of trade week on Wednesday, embargo, no one can process trades until after three o'clock because they want their, their drama in the last few hours. So you've got all day to listen to this podcast, which... I shouldn't say because you're already listening to the podcast. Hello, thank you for listening. But yeah, he's, uh, we've got a, a bit of water to go under the bridge. Anyway, sorry, Jacob Hopper, it's Hopper time. Let's get cracking. So Richmond has got their man, Jacob Hopper. Um, they received him as well as a third round pick, number 53, and a fourth round pick, number 63. And Greater Western Sydney has received a second round pick, number 31, and a future first round selection from Richmond. This deal was pushed away several times, but it seems like there is a now financial aspect to this which pushed it through the door. Yes, I, I read this afternoon, uh, Tuesday afternoon, that the um, you know that, that both sides kind of realised that the Giants had had got the, the better end of the first deal with Taranto and were willing to give a little bit with this deal for Hopper. Um, so that's why Ivan Soldo, who'd been floated as a as a prospective option, despite Richmond really wanting to keep him, um, 
and I didn't get there in the end. So now Richmond getting the, the two picks back is really nice for them as well. They, they need to take some picks in this draft. Um, but, you know, they've now added two really good inside midfielders, um, which keeps them well and truly in the window um, in terms of, of competing and really being it there at the pointy end of the season. Good business by them. The Giants receive two picks that will be requesting trades in a few years. I, I, like, I, sure, I go off GWS. I have fun. Hopefully, Adam Kingsley can instill a environment in the players that make them want to stay. And and to be and to be fair to them, they have been able to hold on to quite a few of their uh, players. It's just a lot of the players that have asked to leave have been selected top end of the draft. But that's how GWS like to position themselves every year, and. They might not have a choice given who wants to leave, but most of their players are going to be top-end selections just because of that. So that's why it is such a so, so something that is always put under the microscope there. Yeah, but yeah, just long-suffering Giants fans, I think, long-suffering for all of 10 years, just want to stem the bleeding. I think it's just every year they've got really talented players that just want to get out of there. And then, yeah, they, they just start started again and it's just a two-year cycle where they'll come in, they'll want to leave and it's, I don't know, I don't I don't love it for them. It's not a great look for the AFL, but anyway, they're, they're here. It's Tom Green season next year, so all aboard the Tom Green train because he's got a free run with Hopper gone now, which I love. Um, Richmond, are, I don't know, they're, they're fine. They, you know, Dion Presti no longer has to be their best midfielder. Good on them. Bad luck for Thompson Dow and Riley Collier Dawkins and all these other, you know, highly touted midfielders that now just won't get a look in at the top tier. Next trade to talk about is uh, Billy Frampton has joined Collingwood in exchange for a future third round selection from Adelaide. There's not a lot that needs to be said about this trade. I, I assume Billy Frampton is going to be their new Jordan Roughhead. Yep, good deal. He's his depth. He won't. Be too much more than that at this stage. Well done, Billy Frampton. Well done, Collingwood. Well done, Adelaide. Big thumbs up. The dump truck has backed into Geelong headquarters. Geelong has received Jack Bowes and a first round pick number seven. And Gold Coast has received a future third round selection. Now, here is something that God. Baron Von Crow, lovely member of the Jock Reynolds crew, has pointed out. So Geelong have been able to extend the contract and minimize the impact of the salary dump. So they've been able to smooth the contract out over more years. Yeah, for, for people How, that haven't been following along, you know, Gold Coast have done the de- done the deal in order to get Jack Rose's salary off the books. That's that's been the sticking point. They can't extend his contract and like smooth it out, so they have to trade him. And this is where the AFL needs to fix the rules here, because if Geelong can do that, and Bose apparently loved it so much at the Suns, why why can't Gold Coast smooth out the contract? Or is it is is it not? Can can the player and the man and the player manager not initiate that at the Suns, or can the Suns not initiate that with the player, or 
is there an AFL rule that means that contracts have to be contracts the way that they are written until they expire? I mean, that's you'd think that's how it may, how it would make sense, but the AFL, as we have pointed out over the course of eight episodes, is not very smart and is not very good at player movement and doesn't quite do anything that makes sense in this space. And it's it's yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. It's it's a raw well done Geelong for for jumping on the rules was the rules were there. It's not even a loophole. It's just how you can write contracts when you're trading someone in you shouldn't be able to it's an awful awful look for the game and honestly this is to you know this is the worst trade deal in the history of trade deals maybe ever it's just i i hate it so much like there's no even if geelong were playing a hundred percent of bose's salary which you know they well so they are but even if it was 100 percent of the salary over the two years it's still so much so much to Oh, I hate every aspect of it, Damo, and it shouldn't be allowed, and the AFL really has to do something. There are lots of people scratching their heads, and to be honest, there's not really an answer as to why or how it was allowed, but it was, and it happened, and it's it's done now, and we got to move on from it. And I mean, people will be talking about it probably for the next 12 months until the AFL comes out and officially changes the rules around that, but for now we've got to accept it and move on. I, I don't want like, but it's not the first time it's happened either. Like Geelong have, you know, traded like Gold Coast and Geelong doing dodgy deals has not, it's not an isolated incident. Like remember the time that Gold Coast traded like a future first, which was like the pick 11 for the, the compo and a future third or whatever it was for like pick 27. And then the time they traded in like pick, you know, twenty something for you know, a few, you know, another future first. Like, what is what is going on there? Like, there's something. It feels like there's a little bit happening there that maybe we shouldn't talk about for too much longer. Um, uh, I just it. I I I'm not sitting here going. There's something going on under the table, but it's just it's baffling, and I hate it. And the Suns shouldn't be handed any more draft picks ever because from. From the outside looking yeah. in, it looks like there's something happening under the table, but I'm sure it's far more. I'm I'm sure there's a, a, there's far more to it than we can see. Yeah, I'm I'm not. Anyway, you know, let's just move on. I'm getting annoyed at this Next trade for existing. Um, Brody Grundy has become a Melbourne demon. He ruins the Gorn Grundy combination in Supercoach. Collingwood has received pick number twenty seven in exchange. So assuming Melbourne are playing a little bit more of Grundy's contract than they initially had hoped, Mate. but uh, just Gorn and Grundy effectively, you can't pick them in Supercoach next year now. Nope. Um, I'm, I mean, look, is, is it, you sit here and say no at this stage. Um, maybe they play Gorn as a permanent forward or in Jackson's role. I, I don't know. We'll see in time in but, terms of, Collingwood wanting, you know, pick 11 or pick 16 or whatever um, for Ollie Henry and then letting the second best ruck in the game walk out the door for pick 27. I know there's salary involved. I know there are a few other factors, but it just boggles the mind on paper that that Collingwood have, like, I know they've done this a few years in a row now where they've just gone, oh, shit, let's get this really, this player that absolutely adores being here, heart and soul of the club, we're going to get him out the door. 
and for, for nothing in return and then still pay some of his salary. Like, what is that club doing? And I don't know if you read Brody Grundy's message that he posted onto Facebook, but... I did. He also posted it on Twitter and Instagram as well, I think. But he he doesn't seem all that happy about... Oh, he looks... He sounds shattered. Absolutely shattered. Like, it's it doesn't sound too dissimilar to a, you know, the Adam Trelaw situation where, you know, Trelaw was genuinely distraught at the, the prospect of leaving. And then, you know, Grundy you know, wore pies merch around the place. Like he was heart and soul kind of player. And, you know, the outpouring of grief, I guess, from pies fans across the day kind of indicated how much he's loved at the club and for the pies to just kind of toss him to the wolves and say, I will take pick 27, I guess, sure. And then leaves them in a curious position where they've got Darcy Cameron, who, you know, I know he was, you know, for people that listen, you know, play fantasy was a a star and and brilliant this year as a mid-pricer. He wasn't, great as a like he was fine but like as a as a ruckman did a did a job and then their backup is mason cox who has games who's really good and games where he's looks like a giraffe trying to play water polo and then aiden begs 19 or 20 and has played a few games and is not ready and that's it billy frampton will also be able to back up break glass in case of emergency does you mentioned Darcy Cameron. Does he now come into the frame potentially as a super coach, super coach option for 2023? Uh, maybe. I mean, Tim Mitchell would say yes, and we loved him. So sure, sure. Um, He's someone that people will definitely look into, especially considering Dan McStay is probably his backup. Yeah, they probably play McStay forward instead of Cox, and McStay does you know 20% of the ruck work. But yeah, I, I don't know without seeing you know, exactly how they go, it's hard to tell. Um, we'll, we'll see. Lechdog, we can hear your anger from here over this next trade. Brisbane has received Jack Gunston. In exchange, they have sent pick 48 and a future fourth round selection. Ring the bell! To Hawthorne. Lechdog hates it that a... I hate that. Free Everyone ad- hated that. Free no agent one liked had to that. be traded. No one liked that, Damo. He's a free agent. He's out of contract. Both of those things should mean that he should not have to be traded. And yet traded he was to dilute compensation for losing a player that Brisbane shouldn't have received compensation for. It's I've, mind-numbingly painful on I've every got- single level. I've kind of got a question. So what happens if, because we know the free agency window and the trade window overlaps. Mm -hmm. What happens if, let's say, free agent one goes to club A. Yep. And the club B who loses the free agent gets pick Mm -hmm. 40. I've had this thought before. Yes, it's... Club B then trades pick 40 and then... while the tr- when the trade window has opened, but yep. because the trade window and the free agency window over, over, overlaps, mm-hmm. also sign a free agent. What happens oh. to pick forty? Does the club that they've traded it to now get stuck with a lesser pick, or does the AFL have to not dilute the the compensation? I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out when somebody tries it one year when they and then they break the system and everyone's really angry all of a sudden because the AFL won't think about that in advance. Mate, 
maybe there is a mechanism and it's buried, you know, in page 260 of the AFL's 470-page player movement document that's written in wingdings. Like, I don't know how it would work, but I've had the thought before and I don't think we'll find the answer until somebody tries to do it, in which case the AFL will go, ah, expletive, and then make an even more cooked way of fixing it that makes all other problems with player movement in the league work worse than what they currently do. I, I, I don't know. I, I want to see a club try and do that. Like, try and game the system, make it happen, screw them for what they're worth. It's definitely going to be interesting to see how it's ruled when it happens. Next trade, Isaac Rankin has joined Adelaide. Adelaide receives Isaac Rankin, number 46, and a future fourth-round selection. Ring the bell! Gold Coast has received pick number five, a future third-round selection, and a future fourth-round selection. Ring the bell! It's a double-bell deal, Damo. Oh, it's... Double-bell deal. Ugh. One of the best deals of the trade period, you would say. Oh, it's just outstanding. My heart is full, and I'm... After three or four trades that have annoyed me to my core, I'm back. I'm in my happy place. I'm moisturized, energized, in my lane, ready to go. Um, have have Adelaide overpaid for Isaac Rankin as a small forward that has shown glimpses, but you know, it's certainly not an out-and-out superstar. Is pick five too much for, for Rankin, do you think? If Isaac Rankin was in this year's draft, would he be in the top 15 selections? I don't know. I I don't I don't think so. I I don't know. I I think they have paid the right amount for him because purely because I think he would be in the top 15 selections of this year's draft and the top 15 selections are pretty even. Yeah, I I I I don't know. I it feels like too much, but at the same to- same time small forwards are really hard to find. Rankin's shown enough signs that he's going to be you know a, a very good one. Um, whether or not he's you know, Eddie Betts level or like game changing level, not entirely sure. But he, he looks like he'll be very good. I don't know if pick five is too much to pay. I, I I'm not sure. Um, I don't know what to make of this deal aside from the fact that I love how many future fourths are involved. And you got to think about that Adelaide forward line now: Riley Tilthorpe, yeah. Darcy Fogarty, with Isaac Rankin, uh, and Josh Rochelle at their feet. Josh Rochelle, James Rowe, Lockie Fogarty. Who else is going to run through there? There's so many players, and we haven't even seen Tariq Newchurch yet, who's supposed to have all these tricks in, the, in his bag, and we still haven't seen him debut, and mm. that's going to be exciting when all three of them are together in the same squad. Yeah, and it wouldn't shock me to see um, like a Adelaide bring in a, you know, if they've still got their second, I, I can't remember, but if they bring in like a, a Harry Lemmy or a, uh, one of the, the South Australian tools, there's, there's potentially a lot of scope there for... Yeah, for them to, to bring in another really exciting tool. So they're, they're looking at a really nice forward line for the next couple of years. So It's going to be one that brings crowds to games, if nothing mm. else. Yep. So Will yeah. Setterfield has joined your mob. Um, oh, so yes. Essendon has received Will Setterfield in a fourth-round selection, number 68. Carlton receives a future fourth-round selection. Ring the bell. Oh, God. Ring the bell, Damo. Finally, Essendon have a big-bodied midfielder. We will play him in the forward pocket. You'd certainly hope not. You'd hope not. I mean, they, it sounds like they, they've recruited him as a big-bodied mid. They'll give him a crack in there, whether that's pre-season or, or he has to work his way in during the year. 
I, I love that there's a free hit. You know, it's not going to cost a lot salary-wise, obviously not costing a lot pick-wise because we traded him for a future fourth and bought in center field and a fourth. So I think Carlton were, you know, deciding whether or not they were going to delist or move on center field or Dow. Obviously, interest for center field. They got yep. a little bit for him. Um, well, Essendon... Yeah, Essendon brings in a draft pick for points for, for matching Davy bids. Like, I, I love this for Essendon. Well, for Essendon, there was a will, so they found a way. Very good. Very good from you. Right out. Let's get on to, to your deal. Next two trades are flipped just purely because one affected the other. Toby Bedford joins Greater Western Sydney from Melbourne. So Greater Western Sydney obviously received Toby Bedford and Melbourne received pick 44. Seems like a very good deal for both teams. Yeah, I mean, you could make the argument that Toby Bedford shouldn't have been worth pick 44 because he started as a sub nine times and like wasn't getting on the ground, but you could also argue that he was AFL standard in that he, Melbourne were willing to give him a full game if someone went down early, you know, eight times. He was, yeah, like, mount the argument either way. I quite like Toby Bedford. He looks like a good player, looks like an exciting player. I'm stoked to see him get opportunities at the Giants. Melbourne gets gets a third-round pick, which they've they've immediately used um, to to enact another deal. like the, Both clubs have done well here. The Giants seem to be collecting Tobies like St. Kilda are collecting Jacks. They are. And, and the Giants weren't going to use 44 either at this stage, so it looks like it, it's much for muchness to them anyway. But pick 44 was then used in the next trade. So Fremantle landed Luke Jackson and a third-round selection, which was that pick number 44, and also pick number 67. Melbourne receives pick 13, a future first-round selection, and a future second-round selection from Fremantle. Both of those picks were the second round was tied to Frio as well. Yep, and the only reason Fremantle were able to trade both of those future selections was because they have a second-round selection tied to another club. Yep, and that being the North Melbourne one they got uh, in the trade with Griffin, Logue, and Darcy Tucker, and that'll be a better pick than the one they traded out. It'll be... Fremantle actually have North Melbourne's future second, third, and fourth round picks. Oh, I didn't realise I got the fourth. That's that's coming out somewhere. Yeah, so... So they don't really have any of their natural selections left, um, and they've still got the future third from Carlton that came in for Blake Akers, which... I think they're actually trying to move on in a deal. I don't know how. I don't know how they're going to use it, but I think they're trying to move it to this year. Mm, well, they've got some more deals in the works, which we'll briefly touch on once we get through this. But how, how do you feel with Luke Jackson in purple, Damo? Are we? Are you thinking you've overpaid? You've done too much? You're you're static. You got him for for this cheap. What do you think he'll do for the club? Where does he play? Like, talk me through your thoughts, feelings, emotions, and energies. This was pretty much how I thought the deal would happen. Obviously, Melbourne wanted a bit more. Fremantle had to pay a bit less. But when you're negotiating, the buyer always starts low. The seller always starts high. That's always how it's going to work. It's pretty much oh, I've negotiating. I've been doing this badly all this time. I've been starting low as, a, as the seller. and oh, It's, um, it's, it, it, it's always how, how it works. But I think he makes sense in terms of list profile, age, et cetera, et cetera. He would have been, a, given that he is tall, he would have been a top 15 selection. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's like half 
that's half the qualifications for being selected in the draft at the t- at the top. Um, now Dockers have actually got four players from that draft. They've now got Jackson, Young, Sarong, and Henry, all from that draft, and and all first rounders from memory. All first rounders, all top ten picks. If you if you have four players, all top ten from the same draft, you usually set your club up pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yes, they've done they've done very well there, and these I assume he will play a similar role to what he did at Melbourne as a you know seventy percent of the time he'll be forward line and and I don't know thirty percent of the ruck roughly. There is some speculation that he may have a Mark Blitzarves type role where he rests Ooh. on the wing for some periods. Oh or even lines up at the centre bounce with Sean Darcy rucking. Keep so a bit of talking dirty to me, baby. So a bit of a big body, and yeah. it could mean that he has a bit of super coach relevancy because he will be pretty cheap too, considering and what he averaged forward, last year. Forward eligible as well. Forward eligible as well. Toby Bedford, just quickly, will be rookie priced. So he might be one to have a look at as well. There is an embargo on deals until 3 p.m. Melbourne time tomorrow, as you mentioned earlier, Patch. There mm-hmm. are still some deals to go down. Just a couple. Josh Dunkley is still happening, we think. Alleg- I mean, apparently, allegedly. Fremantle um... have entered discussions with the Bulldogs for Rory Lobb. They've also entered discussions for Jager O'Meara. Which Where is has interesting. this come from? And Greater Western Sydney has also entered discussions for Jager O'Meara. Mm. I don't know why Jager O'Meara is suddenly hot property, but apparently a 29-year-old with gen- degenerative knees is hot stuff. I mean, he is hot stuff. Jager O'Meara is smoking a baby. And also, he's quite good at football um, when he's when he's not injured, when he's up and running, which he's you know, been really good at. Um, you know, The last couple of years, kind of flown under the radar a bit. Um, you know, would probably be Hawthorne's captain next year if he stayed on the list. But obviously, you know, got talking to Stephen Ganigliog at his wedding on the weekend and, you know, the Giants are suddenly interested. Um, not sure where the Frio discussions come from, but I don't know, it could be an interesting piece um, to, to float into that side as, as uh, the Dockers push for a flag. I'm intrigued by this. My issue is I don't know where he fits. Obviously... There's the whole David Mundy left, but Nat Fife probably feels that. He didn't play a lot of games last season, so Nat Fife probably squeezes in there. The only way I can see him fitting into the side comfortably is if Nat Fife rests or has more of a role up forward at the centre-half forward or full forward in a Jake Stringer, Jordan Degoe, Isaac Heaney type role. Mm. I mean, yeah. Does he? Can he play on a wing? He's he's quite fit. Can run all day. Like I know he's he's made his career as an inside player, but do you put him on a wing and try and funnel the ball along that side more often? Are you talking about Nat Five or Jager O'Meara? Jager, sorry, not not Five. Uh, he's. I think he's lost a lot of pace because of his knees. Hmm. Right. Okay. I I haven't seen a lot of him play. I don't think he'd work on a wing. Um. Fife would probably work better on a wing, to be honest, but I don't think that's where they would put him. Hmm, intriguing. Intriguing. We'll, uh, we'll watch that one unfold. Um, Dunkley, uh, we briefly mentioned him. Um, Brisbane have offered their price. The dogs don't like it. Um, there's been threats of, of 
Dunkley walking to the the, the preseason draft um, or the, the post-draft draft. Um, you know, they've often picked 21 in a future first. It's kind of where they're at, at stalemates. We'll see if anyone blinks in that one. Um, Hawthorne are still interested in Lloyd Meek. I don't think the Dockers will trade both Lob and Meek, so it's just whichever one. So it's just whether Bulldogs can pony up for Lob quicker than Hawthorne can pony up for Lloyd Meek, I think. Mm, yeah, I'm intrigued to see how that one goes. I think one of them moves, but not sure which one. Ollie Henry, though, Damo, is the one that has uh, has really intrigued me the, uh, you know, late on Tuesday. Um, the, uh, the forward who's out of contract um, has said that he's not playing for Collingwood next year. He's going to walk to the draft if um, he can't get there. Um, the the Cats have still offered pick 25, which Collingwood is adamant isn't enough, despite pick 27 being enough for the best ruck in the game, uh, arguably second best. I, I'm very confused by how Collingwood value players and value salary. But anyway, um, how, how do you see this unfolding? Is it... If, it's it's a, it's a hot mess. If Ollie Henry walks to the draft, he's not making it to, to Geelong. Nope. There nope. will be clubs that take him ahead of Geelong. Like, do mm. you think, do you honestly think North Melbourne with pick one in the preseason draft is going to overlook Ollie, Ollie, Ollie Henry? If they do, I will personally walk to Arden Street think, and burn it to the ground. Do you think, let's say he gets there, do you think Fremantle, who need a mercurial forward, are going to overlook Ollie Henry? Nope. Nope. I do don't you think, think Collingwood think... would have the audacity to redraft Ollie Henry in the preseason draft because they have a pick ahead of Geelong? I don't think Collingwood does, but I think 16 other clubs should and do. I think like West Coast would love him. They'd bring him on for, I don't know, however long. Essendon would try and back themselves in to convince him to stay. The Bulldogs would be like, you're half an hour closer to Geelong if you just live in Hopper's Crossing and drive to Whitnoval every morning. Like, there are every club there should have a punt on him if he goes to the draft. And I don't think. Sorry, kid. Like, I know you're, you're homesick for your family who's an hour down the road, but. Them's, I d- them's I don't, the breaks. I don't think threatening to go to the draft is as big as as big of a threat as Ollie Henry thinks it is, because in the end, Collingwood can just redraft him. Mm. Pot- yeah, exactly. Potentially, and it doesn't mean he gets to Geelong. He might get drafted by the Gold Coast Suns, and that would yes. really stuff him up. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Um, I don't know if he's entirely thought it through, but I mean. We, we say that, but we know that the preseason draft is a gentleman's agreement between the clubs where they all figure out who they're picking beforehand and they all pick who they said they'd pick and there might be one surprise and that's it. Like, he'll agree to terms with Geelong to sign like a five-year... Like, it'll, it, it, it'll come out in the wash and he'll somehow get there if he does walk to the draft. But, God, you'd love to see somebody actually stand up to what's essentially draft tampering um, and just pick the guy that has said he wants to go somewhere and is trying to rot the system to get there. I mean, Patrick, this could all, this could all be solved if the fact that he if he could just move and sign with Geelong because he's not in contract, um, and shouldn't have to be traded when he's not in contract, which is dumb. You mean 
free agency? Come on out, yeah. Bill. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they should. Maybe they should try not being confusing as hell for once in their lives. Patch, we've been talking for far too long. Yes. Tomorrow, I will be live on Twitch for the final two hours of the trade period, reacting to every deal as it happens. Righty, that is so. from five thirty Melbourne time. Uh, Twitch.tv forward slash Damo SC. Join me and anyone else that wants to drop by will will be dropping by for brief moments. I think Dog said he was going to try to be there. I don't know if anyone else has locked in a time to drop by, but I will at least be reacting to every deal as they happen. Um, Come and join me from 5.30 Melbourne time for the final two hours of trade period. Patch, thank you so much for joining me, discussing all of these deals, putting all of our thoughts into the audio medium for people to digest. Many time, my wonderful, beautiful friend. It has been a pleasure getting angry at the AFL with you. And we will talk to you next time. Adios.